In today's NIL world, it costs a lot to play for, with, and against USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Holkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support so much, and I want to say thank you. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and hit that thumbs up. Both mean a whole heck of a lot to the show. And so you won't miss any one of the five episodes that comes at you five times a week. Hit that bell notification button. All right, there are, you've all heard this, there are two sure things in life, death and taxes. Let's add a third. It's actually a tax. Uh, I think everyone needs to come to the understanding that USC Athletics, um, they have a unique advantage over everyone else in this NIL era. So... I guess fourth, there's there's a fourth thing. You can't stop progress. And you're either going to adapt or you're going to get left behind. And that's what's going to happen to a lot of programs that want to play, kind of compete with, against USC. Take the uh, Washington State Cougars, for example. Wazoo. I... I have a feeling they're going to be one of those programs that are in the uh, the left behind column. You're going to find them in, you know, the lost and found bin. And, and you hate to, look, I've always had a little soft spot for, for the Coog program. Uh, yeah, and I hate to pity a program that, you know, they kind of overachieve every, every four years on the football field. That's typically, you know, their cycle. Uh, once they get their full class up into the upperclassmen level, uh, you know, they're a good eight, nine, ten, one team every four, every four or five years. <clears throat> and um, I, I, I think the Cougs, you know, Washington State are one of those programs who are trying to figure out how to exist in a world where USC is just, you know, where USC is going to own it. Look, they, they've got the pieces in place now, the right coaching staff, the right people in leadership inside the athletic department. Mike Bone, it started with Brandon Sosna when he was here. Don't forget that name ever. He was, you know, he was there with Mike Bone to, to get this whole thing started. But, you know, like I said, the USC is in a unique advantage. They, they have their collectives, um, but they... They're also, you know, they're in a place where sometimes they might not have to use it to attract players. I mean, everyone, you know about Bronny James. They don't need to pay Bronny James to come to USC. Bronny James is going to help USC make money with his name, image, and likeness. So, like I said, the, the Washington State, they're trying to figure out how to exist in this type of world where USC, they just have tentacles that go everywhere with the athletic department, you know, Five-star, four-star athletes are going to want to come play for USC and because of what the what USC can do for them, but also what the collectives can do, 
So they're kind of like the board, you know, for you Star Trek people. They just keep assimilating and they just keep building. So, you know, I guess Washington State, they kind of have to accept the fact that they are a stepping stone program. Uh, you know, kind of like how coaches use Oregon to advance their careers. Uh, players are going to use the Palouse the same way. All right, look, USC got Kingston Jarrett to play football. He was Washington State's, Washington State's starting left tackle in 2022. Uh, he's going to be start, well, most anticipate he'll be starting somewhere on USC's offensive line in 2023. Ohio State wanted him too. Um, and so it's not just the football program that, that the Cougars are getting, you know, poached. Uh, their basketball program's getting hit really hard. Now, that's where I, I wanted to start with this. You know, you only need five guys on the court to play basketball. And you have, what, a 15, 15-man roster. So, you know, your scholarships are very limited, and you can't miss too often. So when two of your better players jump into the transfer portal, you know, like the Cougs, their best player, TJ Bamba, he's now going to play for Villanova. And then the other day, if you haven't been paying attention, if you weren't watching this, listening or watching this show, uh, I told you about DJ Rodman. Yes, Dennis, Dennis Rodman's son is leaving Washington State and he's coming to USC to play. That's two of their best players. Like I mentioned, you only put five on the floor at a time. So the Cougars head coach, Kyle Smith, he was on a Seattle sports radio uh, show this week. And he said he's not worried. He'll find a way to build his roster and to develop players. Problem is keeping the players. So he also understands how much it costs, to the point I was talking about at the beginning of the show. Quote, unless things change significantly and some Cougar alums and business people step forward, we'll probably be in the boat. We're all adjusting to what amounts to unrestricted free agency. You've heard me say this over and over. And he's talking about it in all major college athletics. Every player is a is on a one-year contract. The transfer portal has become a revolving door, and the money involved is rapidly escalating. Washington State can't compete against USC in this arena. Um, in the Tuesday interview, uh, Coach Smith said, it's the wild, wild west out there. Now, I heard about this when I was reading John Canzano's column from the Oregonian. Great read, by the way. Uh, he said, in that column, he said that uh, last year, last spring, the Washington State Cougar Collective, that's their primary collective, they gave quarterback Cam Ward a $90,000 package. That included housing, the use of a truck, and $50,000 walking around money. A year later, you know, Coach Smith said the market is just off the rails. Uh, he, he said on the show, and he admitted, he goes, I'm not supposed to know this. But then he answered, uh, he was asked, what would it keep, uh, what would it take to, you know, to keep, you know, to make Washington State competitive? And he said, quote, a million to a million five. That would be a top 60 team. So while he's trying to play naive on the radio, 
Um, this isn't really breaking news. Remember last year, um, Ohio State's head football coach, Ryan Day, he said flat out, it's going to cost $13.5 million to keep his roster intact. Ouch. Washington State doesn't have to deal with that kind of number. So, again, while he, while the coach up at, at Wazoo tries to figure out where they are in this world of college athletics, uh, he knows that they don't have the same type of resources that USC has. And he said, you know, quote, the purple and gold seem to be doing pretty well. He said it's ridiculous the amount of money that's being thrown around. First of all, if he's referring to Bronny James, again, USC does not need to give him a penny. And maybe DJ Rodman um, can use, you know, $50,000 walking around money. But again, he's Dennis's kid. I'm sure he's not hurting. And oh, by the way, Coach Smith, it's Cardinal and Gold. Maybe we're talking about the Lakers. I doubt it. Um, so I, I guess what this really comes down to is to kind of wrap up, tie a bow on this, Washington state, they're kind of like that old mom and pop shoe store, uh, that, you know, that sells They're they're down the street from that world footlocker or that Nike superstore. It's nostalgic and you'll get a lot of window shoppers who are going to come by and they might even hang around for a little while, but they're going to eventually leave for that shiny new stuff like USC. Dennis Erickson summed it up best in the article. Quote, he's talking about college athletics. It's the NFL. The whole effing thing is about money. I don't blame the players. It's been created by the NCA and presidents and whoever runs that organization anymore. But what are we teaching? College football is about students, the university, the alumni, and all those different things that make college football fun, end quote. So look, I'm sure they're going to get it figured out up there in the Palouse. They'll find their place. But competing against USC, that isn't the place. They need to pick on a dog more their size. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Like Oregon. So, had to get that dig in there. Uh, Look, maybe I'm a little hungry. Maybe that's why I'm feeling a little ornery right now. So, if you're feeling a little hungry, if you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories, go try Built. These things are amazing. You're like me. You want to try and be healthy, but you don't want to give up taste. I've got just the thing for you. They're called Built Bars. And they also have something called Built Puffs. They taste great. They're healthy. Awesome stuff. What makes these Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, what is Mark like? 100% real chocolate. That's what they're covered in. 100% dark chocolate. And they come in these like really terrific flavors. Churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. And what's even better, as I mentioned, they're healthy, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, but you're going to get 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait to get a box. You don't have to go online to order them. If you're near Walmart, if you're near Sam's Club, stop your car, get out, 
Go in, get some. If you're near Walmart, walk on in, go to the pharmacy section. You can grab a four bar box. They have flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, and they have a coconut puff. If you're near Sam's Club, run on in, grab a 13 bar box. They've got their hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. Let me know what you think about them and then you can thank me later. All right, so I'm gonna continue with the, uh, who in the heck is gonna challenge USC in 2023? Way too early series, post spring camp, before uh, fall camp. I'm sure I'm gonna do this again between now and then. But post spring, let's talk about Cal. Remember, remember when playing Cal was a fun road trip? It was going to be an easy win, but it was the weekender and allowed for the adults to have an adult weekend. You know, you head out to the rally at Union Square, have some drinks, some good food. Fun weekend. It's called the weekender for a reason. This is going to be the last official weekender. Because in 2024, USC joins the big conference. So I guess if USC and Cal ever play again in Berkeley, and it happens to be on a Saturday, we'll refer to it as the weekender. But you understand where I'm going with this. A tradition is dying. It's Cal one year, Stanford the next year. Often they flip-flop every other year. So it's, again, it's going to be the last time to walk through Berkeley with all that charm and its stinky stench, it's part of its charm. I mean, every two years, Top Dog was my victory dog. If you go to the Coliseum, you know, you see those hot dog vendors afterwards. Hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. It smells great. They're terrible for you. Anyways, every now and then, the game would even add an, uh, add an interesting byline. So this year in 2020, 2023, I'm not sure that Justin Wilcox's team is going to put up much of a fight. Uh, they didn't last year. Uh, in 2022, they were 4-8 overall, 2-7 and seven in the Pac-12. Justin Wilcox heading into his seventh season. Now, I talked about they were 4-8 overall. They didn't, end the, they didn't end the season well. He's getting a seventh season to try and turn things around. Um, and they actually, they hit the transfer portal, not, they, they got some players, but they're also getting a new, uh, new offensive coordinator and they're going to be playing offense at a really fast paced level, super fast. And this is where they might give USC a little bit of a challenge. They could cause, they could give USC's defense uh, some issues if their offense plays like the Cal Bears played in 2016 when at that time their offensive coordinator was Jake Spavital. Spavital. Um, he is he was most recently the Texas State head coach didn't have too good of a time there um, but they played offense really fast and he's going to bring that offense back to Cal. Again, when he was the uh, offensive coordinator, 
back in 2016, the Cal Berkeley Bears led the Pac-12 in offense, total offense, and they averaged 37 points per game. So we'll see what that looks like in 2023 going at a really fast pace. And we know USC's Achilles heel defense. Hopefully that won't be this year. Quarterback for Cal this year, going to be Sam Jackson. He's a transfer from TCU. He's not big. Uh, I mean, he's he's like small, like Kyler Murray size. So we'll see. Uh, their top receiver last year, J. Michael Sturdivant, he's at UCLA now. He's going to be pairing up with Kyle Ford. Still, uh, the Bears still have a pretty good receiving core. Uh, veteran group, the veteran group, and their deep threat, remember the name, Jeremiah Hunter. They need to get better on their offensive line. They do have four starters returning, um, and their best running back is also returning. Last year, freshman Jaden Ott. They don't have a lot behind him, though, so they need to keep him healthy. I think they're looking to get some production from the quarterback transfer, Sam Jackson. Problem with that is you got to keep him healthy. <laughs> uh, last year, Justin Wilcox's defense looked like the defense when he was USC's defensive coordinator. It, they weren't really good. Uh, they gave up about 430 yards a game. They had no pass defense and zero pass rush. Let me put that into context. They had no no pass rush pressure whatsoever. 19 total sacks all year. Most of those came in their first few games, and then they had a, a good number in their game against Stanford. 19 total. Tuli, Tuya Polotu, and Tyrone Tulaney combined had 19. Yes, Tuli had 13 and a half. Tyrone had five and a half. Still, Cal needs to get better. Uh, I think the strength of their defense is going to be at linebacker. Former uh, Washington Husky transfer, Jackson Sermon. He came over last year. Uh, his dad's the defensive coordinator. And he led the team in tackles with 104. This year, Cal's getting a transfer from Florida. The Gators, David Reese. He's, in a, he's a five-year veteran. He missed uh, all of last year. However, he had 322 tackles in his previous four seasons. So that tells me those two guys, uh, they're like heat-seeking missiles looking for the ball. They're going to hit whatever's in their way. Here's the problem for Cal on defense in 2023. Uh, if that Cal offense is going really fast and they go three and out, they don't score points, are the defense and offense compatible? In other words, that defense is going to be on the field a lot, getting a very little rest. So when they go up against teams like USC, um, you know, who can drop points on you in a hurry, I'm not sure you want to be playing catch-up when you're learning a new system. So that's why I don't think this is going to be much of a challenge for USC this year. I can see USC leaving Berkeley winning anywhere, you know, mid-50s, giving up 20-something. Uh, 
just as an FYI, uh, last year, I mentioned they, they, they were four and eight overall. Through their first five games, they were four and one. And I just wonder what their season would have turned out had they gone five and oh, because that first loss came in South Bend. And that game could have gone Cal's way. It was strange things happen in South Bend. USC fans, you know this. So uh, USC will also know how good Cal is by the time they get to Berkeley because Cal hosts Auburn as part of their out-of-conference schedule. If Cal can win that game or look good, stay competitive, look good in that game, like I said, we're going to look at each of these teams as we get closer uh, to the actual fall season. So uh, we'll see what Cal looks like after they play Auburn. And we're going to see, uh, I'll have an updated report for you based on how they're doing through summer and fall camp. We'll talk about Cal again. They're uh, over under for wins, five, five and a half. Right now I'm saying I would take the under five and a half. They're not going to get a win against USC. So you tell me where you go look at their schedule. You find me six wins. USC, Auburn, you know, they play Stanford. That game doesn't, doesn't matter what the records are. It doesn't matter. That's going to be a, they beat Stanford last year. They got Oregon at home. Again, tough schedule. All right, how about I just give you some quick recruiting updates before I get you out of here? Everybody loves a little recruiting updates. And I really want to encourage everybody, when you're done making Locked on USC your first listen every day, Monday through Friday, and during the season, it'll probably be more than five times a week, you need to head on over to WeRSC.com. Take advantage of the subscription special we've got going on right now, $29.99. Get you all the way through the end of fall camp and the first game because you're going to get a lot of recruiting information that's going on right now. I can cherry pick some of it. I will bring you stuff here all the time. However, you should, uh, you should go check it out. Scott Schrader, Marshall Levinson, Eric McKinney, they're doing a heck of a job, as well as myself. Chris Harledge, Greg Katz, and for you basketball fans, Rich Rubens is knocking it. He's hitting it from deep. So, there you go. Here's your recruiting update. Linebacker Jordan Lockhart, St. John Bosco. He's going to take his final official visit prior to announcing his school choice. He's going to visit USC on the weekend of June 24th through the 26th. Good, good feelings about this one. He's also planning to visit Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Michigan before he announces. Now, I told you that his teammate, another linebacker at St. John Bosco, Kingston Viliamu Asa, he's also going to be visiting earlier in the month in June. Getting both of those guys, cannot say it enough, massive pickups. And it will start silencing some of the critics about nobody wants to come play for Alex Grinch, at least high school players. These, 
Getting one would be great. Getting two would be huge. We'll see what happens. Keep watching the show. I'll let you know where things are trending. Remember that uh, really raw, freaky athlete, Russian defensive end uh, that I told you about last week? His name was Emmanuel Okoye. 6'5", 230 pounds. He's uh, going to school. He's attending the NFL Academy in England, across the pond. Well, the four-star edge is down to three schools. He's, he's getting ready to make a decision. It's between USC, Texas Tech, and Tennessee. So we're going to find out if he's singing Rocky Top or if he wants to be, you know, part of that major metropolitan L.A. market. Is he, where is he better suited? I guess we're going to find out. If he comes in, remember, he's a 2023 guy. He's going to be available this year. So I guess he's going to need to make his decision soon. He's narrowed it down to three schools because summer classes are going to be starting soon. And he's going to want to get enrolled so he can start participating in PRPs, player-run practices. These are your summer workouts, strength and conditioning coordinator is also involved um the playbook is out there the football isn't and uh well the football is when the coaches aren't that's that's the best way to put it uh so he needs to he'll be making his decision sooner rather than later because he needs to he needs to get over the states and you know clear all the red tape get involved yada 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 Another edge player, Cameron Fountain, from the state of Georgia. Uh, he's already decided he's going to take his official visit to the Trojans. Uh, that visit is set for June 2nd through the 4th. He also has other visits set up after that in June. Uh, so his commitment is going to be probably late summer, or he said it's going to be after his high school season. I'm going to Tennessee, quote, June 23rd through the 25th, so I'm going to take more visits in June. If that doesn't work out, I'm, I'll finish taking my visits after the football season. So we'll see what happens there. <coughs> Excuse me. Nate Palmer. Is that USC's next running back? We know Taylor Tatum is one guy USC loves. Nate Palmer is another guy USC loves. I mentioned Marshall Levinson. This guy's killing it over at WeRC.com. Go check it out. However, there might be a weather pattern forming right now in, in the up in the horizon. Coach Kyle McDonald, he's using the, uh, the phrase thunder and lightning. That's how he's recruiting right now. He's going there. According to Nate Palmer himself, uh, Coach Kyle McDonald has told him, Nate, he envisions them, uh, the former USC star duo, Reggie Bush and Lendell White, he can see Nate Palmer and Brian Jackson as a new duo to be a thunder and lightning. And he said, hey, let's compare body types. Reggie Bush, six foot, 200 pounds. Nate Palmer, 5'11", 190. Similar. 
Lindale White, 6'1", 235. Brian Jackson, 6'1", 232. Yeah. I guess it. If you want to read this full story, get on over to WeRC.com. I gave you a little bit of a nugget there. There's a lot more in that story you want to read. But that's how USC is recruiting right now at the running back position. Kyle McDonald, he's going there. I'm bringing in the next Thunder and Lightning. So if it's not Tatum, Nate Palmer, I think he's ready to jump. I'll let you know what's happening. So there you go. Another episode of Locked on USC in the books. Uh, I think it was a pretty interesting episode. A little bit of a NIL stuff from a different angle. USC playing Cal for the last time as a member of the Pac-12 conference. And a little bit of recruiting. What else, am I, what else do you want? Tell your friends to make Locked on USC your first listen every day. I appreciate it. Until our next episode, tomorrow, you know what to do.